one thing we've been doing lately is we've been giving the opportunity for people to share things that God is doing because we want to hear and we find it encouraging to our own faith as we hear reports and testimonies of God at work. And you might call it a God sighting or a divine appointment. Uh, many people are sharing things that over the years they've had uh, examples of, of miracles of God working in answer to prayer. And so I just want to take that time again this morning. If you had something, we had two people share this morning things that were very encouraging in the early service. And one was really, I would label more of a divine appointment of a young lady explaining how she ended up here and coming to the church. And it came with a uh, getting a battery uh, charged in the car and meeting someone that was from here and kind of helped her end up at the church here. And the other was just a sequence of events over many years of answer to prayers, um, many uh, divine interactions of God in, in healing. So if, if you have something like that you would like to share this morning, we would love to invite you to uh, share that with God's people so we can to rejoice in things that our God is doing. Is there anyone this morning that would uh, like to do that? All right, I see two hands. Aaron? Caleb's shaking his head no now. Are you saying no, don't let Aaron come up here? Or <laughs> Hi, my name is Aaron. This is a story of uh, God's provision a few years ago and how sometimes he answers prayers in unexpected ways. I, For those of you who know me for the longest time from high school up until about 2019, I had this uh, Chevrolet HHR. It was a very clunky car. It was very distinct looking um, and been hit a few times. And it had about 285,000 miles on it, and we were praying for a new car. And, um, you know, uh, so we had put that on kind of the prayer list going around, and, um, you know, we were just seeing, you know, maybe someone would have a car, an opportunity available. And I can remember one day I was pulling out of my house driving up to school. We had a two-hour delay. And as I was going up Cullowee Mountain, out of nowhere, this Nissan Titan hydroplanes completely into my lane. And as I try to get out of the way, it ends up... Uh, side swiping me on the side spins out totally totals the car absolutely totals and destroys it um, while insurance did come through and I was able to get that it occurred to me that God used this as a divine appointment uh, basically the destruction of this worthless car essentially saved this truck from careening off of about a 15 or 20 foot embankment um, so in my car being destroyed which was already towards the end of its life and then being provided for it also provided an opportunity for me to essentially uh, witness and spend about 90 minutes as tow trucks and stuff showed up uh, in the meantime just having a conversation with this guy that had just destroyed my car um, but in the process you know God was good and we were able to kind of get to know one another and it was just incredible to see how God can answer prayers in unexpected ways and most importantly even though I could have looked out the the window the headlight I could have reached out and touched it where it hit but I, I was covered in glass not a scratch on me um, I kind of got hit and my head landed comfortably in the passenger seat and uh, I, I will say, you know, in those few seconds before it happens, uh, they say your life flashes before your eyes, and it's not in, might be true for some. For me, I was seeing, I guess, dollar signs and things as far as insurance and how that was going to work out. And I'm over here trying to aim towards this tree because I figure it's going to be cheaper than running into a fence and there being property damage. And all the while, I finally get off and look over. And I wish that the, you know, of course, I called out, and my word that I called out was not God or help me. I'm not going to repeat the word that I said out loud. Uh, but God showed mercy, uh, ultimately. And, you know, through this, it, it's just, 
you know, you wouldn't be able to, and then showing me the, having the grace and then the, the kindness to be able to spend the hour and a half that it took uh, for, you know, help to arrive because there's no cell service there um, and, and being able to sort of witness to this guy and uh, kind of just have what would have otherwise been a really awful experience turned into uh, kind of a good ministry opportunity and God providing through all of that. So helping multiple people. So always be on the lookout for the, the silver lining behind each cloud. Um, I have a few stories, but I want to tell you uh, one that really showed me that the Holy Spirit is present with me. When in, in 2012, I went out to San Francisco to go to seminary the first time. I went twice, but this is the first time. Um, and so while I was out there, I was studying, and I took Old Testament. So I was learning a lot of things about the Old Testament that were really challenging. And so through this, I had a crisis of faith. I had, a, I had moments where I was like, do I really believe this? Is this real? Is this true? And so because of this crisis of faith, I decided to start pursuing the Lord in prayer. And we had a prayer room in our dormitory. And I would go for about a week or two, I would go every night and I would spend time reading Genesis and I would pray. And one night, after two weeks of doing this, I was just feeling empty, alone. I, had, I, I was making friends, but it was really hard because all my family was here. My church, Webster, was here. And I just kind of came to the end of myself. And I said, all right, I'm turning from Genesis, and I'm going to go to uh, – um, and I had a physical Bible. I'm going to go from Genesis, and I'm going to go to Matthew. And I went to the section of Scripture. It was either Matthew or Mark. Uh, where Jesus says, um, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, then how, how, if your son or your daughter came and said, hey, give me this or give me that, would you give them a snake? Would you give them a rock? No. No. And I tell you the truth. Your father in heaven, if you ask him, he will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. And so I read that, and I, I, I prayed. I said, God, I'm feeling very alone, and I'm really struggling to know if this is real. Will you please show me? Simple prayer. So I went to my room, and I laid in my bed, and I started drifting off to sleep. And, and what I'm about to tell you is, 100% of truth, and this might sound controversial to some of you, but this really happened to me. All of a sudden, as I was drifting off to sleep, I felt the warmth, this warmth and this light, like a, it's the only way I can describe it. I felt light like I'd never felt before. And then I also felt love and care. I, I, I was just overwhelmed by this amazing warmth and acceptance and love. And I saw, I, I think it was a vision, I saw a light come from my chest out of me. It was, it was like a white light. And I started weeping, but I, I was dreaming. I was weeping in my dream, and I woke up still overwhelmed by those feelings and just amazed at what I just experienced. And I, I cannot explain it 
but it, I believe it was the Holy Spirit. God is showing me, for some reason, by His grace, a tangible, feelable moment of His Spirit. It doesn't stop there. I got up, and I walked out of my room. I was just weeping. I could not stop crying. I go downstairs, and I, I, I was like, i got to call someone. So I tried calling my dad. He didn't answer. So I was like, I want to talk to my dad. I want to talk to my dad. I want to tell him what happened. I'm a daddy's boy. And then I, I'm a mama's boy too, if my mom's in here too. Sorry, mom. Um, so I walk upstairs, like I can't get a hold of him. And I'm holding, I had an old Android phone. It was, it was not good. <laughs> and I'm, I'm walking, I'm, my phone is off, and I felt something push my phone out of my hand. And it fell on the ground, and I went to pick it up, and the Bible app was opened. And it was open to that very passage I had been reading. And I'm not kidding you. And so I read it, and I took that to mean that God had shown me and answered my prayer because I had not been in the Bible app. I had not been looking at that. And um, after that, I felt a very strong confidence that where I was at and what I was doing and where God had placed me was where he wanted me to be. And that not only was that where he wanted me to be, it's where he wanted me to be with him. So that's, that's a story of the Holy Spirit. I think it's so important for us to pause sometimes and talk about some of the things that God is doing because some people would say, I have no familiarity with any divine activity. And I will, one of those most simple ways that I don't know where, I might have read it somewhere or just picked it up but from someone, but one of the most simple ways, the simplest ways I know to... Um, Declare or determine if something's from God or not is just to ask, well, what does it produce? Um, what is the fruit of it? And if it's greater faith than God, then Satan would never do that. Satan would never do something that creates greater faith in God or greater trust in God or returns someone to walking with God. So sometimes people may have a hard time with assessing if they think something's supernatural or not. I, I would say that when it leads you to God, it has to have God's involvement in it because there's no one else that wants to lead you towards God. And so if there's an event or an activity and you can say, oh, it's just coincidence or um, maybe um, just something that just happened, if it takes you in the direction of God, then you have to give God the credit for that. And it's the work of God and the hand of God working and moving. So... I so appreciate stories that as people are wrestling through what does it mean, where does it come from, I always just kind of think, well, what fruit came from it? And as it, with Caleb, it returned him really to a steadfast love for God and even deepened his love for God. And with Aaron, um, it took the focus away from himself in, in Iraq and 
made him realize that it, he was open to having an opportunity to witness to someone who, who could have very well just died. Uh, so I just think if you open your eyes and look, and that's one of the reasons we're trying to share things and create opportunities for people to share. And so, I don't know about you, but I don't always have to be the one who gets the um, direct occasion. I'm very blessed when other people do. It's, it's nice when it's my turn to be that one, but in the body of Christ, we can all celebrate. Instead of someone going, well, nothing like that ever happens to me. Well, how about just saying, well, wow, God is working, and that's my God. My God is working very broadly in, in many people's lives. And so I know that that's the God I appeal to and pray to. So praise God for those stories. Let me pray, and then we're going to um, take a look at this morning's message. Our Father, we thank you that you are so powerful and real and present with us. And we pray this morning that you would speak to each one of us, God. And what a work of the Spirit of God, what a supernatural work it would be if, if you would take people in this room this morning and just open our hearts up to being taught by you. Oh, God, would you draw close to us and teach us more, particularly about the topic of prayer and how our prayers could impact the people around us, our community, other people's marriages, our children, our workplace, our financial needs, our desire for future guidance and letting you lead us and guide us and direct us so that we are on mission for you. Would you do those things in our gathering this morning, God? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I'm, I'm making a little bit of a transition from this morning's message to this one. So only those of you who were here in the first service would realize um, what I'm doing. The rest of you probably think this was planned all along. So I'm going to read, I'm gonna read um, Psalm 42. And... I do want to share this. Uh, I was I had this sermon coming today, and I still have a sermon on prayer and the ministry of prayer and a spiritual. We've been talking about spiritual gifts, and um, I kept thinking, well, I need to pull away from this message on spiritual gifts because we have a day of prayer and fasting. That's Tuesday night, seven through Wednesday night, about the same time the next night. And I thought, well, I probably should pull away from our spiritual gifts, but. For whatever weird reason, I decided to do spiritual gifts alphabetically instead of just going, okay, we'll do Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Peter 4, Ephesians 4. We'll do it like that. And I thought, oh, I'll just do it alphabetically. Well, alphabetically, today I was supposed to be at I, and that's intercession. And so that's prayer. So it's kind of like God converged these two things. It's like, no, keep your series going. And because I already had this kind of planned out for you. So just so you know, that's what I want to talk about is prayer and how prayer impacts our church and how going into a day of prayer, uh, time of prayer and fasting, how much we need you to, um, we really need for those of you who are particularly gifted in prayer to be very engaged for our church, not just now, but always. And we appreciate God equipping and calling some of you to a special ministry of prayer 
and then how we as a church are going to participate. But in, in Psalm 42, I just want to read this psalm, and there's one little phrase I'm going to get to, and I'll, I'll mention it once I've read the whole psalm. Psalm 42, as a deer pants for flowing streams. That's like a very thirsty deer in the woods panting for water. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. Like, how's that going to happen? What is going to have to happen before I thirst for God like a deer who's looking for water? How's that going to happen? My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Does yours? Do you? You thirst for God? A little? A lot? Are you desperate? My soul thirsts for God, for the living God, like the only God, the true God. I don't want no false God, no fake stuff, but the living God. My soul thirsts for God. When shall I come and appear before God? Like, what an opportunity. When shall I come and appear before God? Like, every Sunday, every Sunday, we, we, try, to, we try our best to set a stage and have a banquet for you. We try every Sunday. When shall I come and appear before God? Like, I want to get there. I want to get there. When can I come? When shall I come? When, Lord? When are your doors open? To appear before you? To appear before God? If you're not right with God, appearing before God would be terrifying. But if you're right with God, you can't wait. It's like when do it's not when do I have to, it's when do I get to? When shall I come and appear before God? I'm so excited. What a privilege. Week after week, there's a, a whole meeting set aside so I can I'm thirsty for you, God. Fill me. This water that you give, you're the only one that has it. I want to come into your presence and appear before you. My tears have been my food day and night. Now, there's a sign of a thirsty soul. There's a sign of a thirsty soul. Tears, weeping, day and night. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? Like, where are you, God? I long for you every day, every night. You're, you're, you're what I want. I'll give up stuff. I'll give up food. I'll fast. If I fast, God, will I get more of you? If I give up steak and chocolate cake? If I give up stuff, can I have more of you? Where's your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. What does it mean to pour out your soul? How do you pour out a soul? How do you pour out your soul? It means you, 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 you cry what's deep. You have to go deep to pour out your soul. You, you don't pour out your soul from the top. You pour out your soul from within. You have to go deep within. These things I remember as I pour out my soul. Oh, God, when's the last time I poured out my soul? When's the last time you poured out your soul? You might have said prayers. Now I lay me down to sleep and stuff. And God is great. God is good stuff. And memorize the Lord's Prayer and say it and repeat it and say it and repeat it. But when's the last time you poured out your soul? I poured out. I just... Empty it before God. I just, here's what's in there, Lord. Out it comes, Lord. Here's what's in my, here's what I'm worried about. Here are my fears, my worries, my anxiety, my, 
my options. I have these options and I don't know, go left, go right. Where do I go, Lord? Lord, I've got sin. I've got the things. I don't want to talk about it because it makes me uncomfortable, but I've been struggling with porn or lust or greed or anger. I have anger. When's the last time you just poured it out? Just brought it all out before God and say, Lord God, there's some stuff in me and I just need to pour out. It's hard. It's hard. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to get there. It's like this pus, this spiritual pus is going to come out. and I, I don't want to get there. It's nasty. And these things I remember, I remember as I pour out my soul. As you pour out your soul, something will happen. Can you pour out your soul? Are you willing? Do you want something to happen with God? You want to go deep with God, then you're going to have to pour out your soul. And it's not going to be pleasant to begin with. Pour out my soul. How, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God. Like I have these memories, these memories of going to the house of God. But Lord, I, I haven't poured out my soul for a while. I remember, remember the procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise and a multitude-keeping festival. Like there have been times in my life when feasting upon God was normal, regular routine. I was there. I was walking with God. How many of you with longing remember your conversion and that early Christian experience when you were so full of excitement about God and and then you realize that that's not normal. It's not normal to live there. It's not easy to stay there. It's not just the natural outworking every single day. You're going to have to work and pour out your soul if you want to be close with God. God gifts you at the beginning of your Christian experience with joy and satisfaction and delight. And in that moment, you're thinking, I'll never go back to the world. And then you find yourself like a dog returning to its vomit back in the world again. It's like, man, I'm spending all my time on me and stuff and pleasure. And I, I feel empty. But you recall, you remember those early days or those special high markers in your spiritual walk with God. You remember leading, going to the procession of the house of God. And you gladly shouted and you sang songs of praise to God with the multitude keeping festival. It was, it was festive. It was joyful. And, and then verse 5. And then you felt verse 5. You found yourself in verse 5. Why are you cast down, oh my soul? Like, why? This is not a rhetorical question. It's not a question you're supposed to just read and go, skip past. You're not supposed to run past verse 5. Why? It's asking a question. Why are you downcast, oh my soul? Like, why? You shouldn't be. God has given you forgiveness of your sins and a place in heaven and your name is written in the book of life. Why are you downcast? Why? Oh my soul. Oh my soul. And why are you in turmoil within me? Like, why would we be in turmoil and downcast when we have all the blessings of God promised to us and the gifts have already began to come. 
Everything we have in Christ is given to us. We haven't cashed in yet. There's so much more that we're going to acquire and attain. We've just begun to experience what it's like to enter into the good gifts of God. We are tasting some of them. But my friend, don't you know there's so much more? There's so much more. Do you know that people who understand something about heaven can't wait to get there because there's much more than we have here? Our experience here is, is minimal. It's bare. It's, it's, it's not to be compared to all that we will have. But we get a little. We get a little. It's like an hors d'oeuvre. An hors d'oeuvre is never supposed to be the meal, but the hors d'oeuvre is good enough to be a meal. Sometimes you forget the meal and say, we're just going to do hors d'oeuvres because the hors d'oeuvre is so good. But with God, you would never do that. The hors d'oeuvre is good, but what we're going to get is great, beyond measure. So the question is, why, why, why am I downcast? And then the remedies here, it sounds easy. It sounds like one of those, just strap your boots on. Straighten your back up. Get your act together. It sounds like that. Hope in God. It sounds a piece of cake. It's not a piece of cake. Why are you cast down? Why are you in turmoil? And God's, I don't think he's looking, I don't think he's being judgmental in this statement. I think he's just saying, asking, why, why are you that way? And here's what I want you to do. Hope in God. Hope in God. Don't hope in this world. Don't hope in a pay raise. Don't hope in the next president. Don't hope it is. It is. Don't hope for whatever it is that you think is going to provide your happiness. Hope in God. Hope in God. Don't hope in more sex, more money, more comfort, more vacations. More good times, more friends. Hope in God. I shall again praise Him. Well, that sounds good when you're down. I shall again praise Him. Hope in God. I shall again praise Him. I, I have praised Him before. I will praise Him again. My salvation and my God. There's my hope. There it is. My soul is cast down. It's like I know it, I see it, but I, I'm not there yet. But I interject. It's like an interject right there in the middle of the psalm. I'm feeling this way, hoping God, but I'm still feeling this way. My hope is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you. I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon and from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep. Oh, there's a, a call, a summoning. Something's calling you deep. Come deeper. Come near me. It's the calling of God. It's, it's the, the compulsion, the loving appeal. God is appealing to you. This is what God offers to us. He appeals to us. He doesn't beat us up. He doesn't shame us. He doesn't. Um, he appeals. He calls into the soul. Deep calls to deep. Strong for strong dealings with God. At the roar of your waterfalls and your breakers and your waves have gone over me. Like I've been through these trials, but there's something deep still, deep calling me. By day the Lord commands His steadfast love, and at night His song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Folks, God hasn't forgotten anybody. 
just, he's expressing his feelings. He feels like, you ever felt like God for God? Ever felt like you couldn't pray? Ever felt like, where is God? I like, where is he? Where is he? Why am I going through this? And you feel like something that's an absolute lie. God never forgets you, but sometimes it feels like he's forgotten you. It's because you have moved. You have moved. Something's clogged your memory, and you can't remember all that you have in God. Why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy as with deadly wound in my bones, as adversaries taunt me? It's like, Lord, life is hard. I thought it would be easy when I became a Christian. I was expecting easy. You said you would be with me. Oh, there's those cute little posters with the footprints and in those times you carried me, that kind of stuff. Like, I want some bumper stickers, God. I want um, God is good all the time. You know, I don't know, whatever, whatever cliches. And I'm not saying they're bad. They're not bad cliches, but I, I can't just rest on cliches. You want to build your life on a cliche? A cliche doesn't mean anything unless there's something under it, behind it, sustaining it. Some people say, just have faith. They don't even say faith in what? Just have faith. What is faith? Faith is nothing if it's not in something. You can't just have faith. Just have faith. Everything will work out. Who says it will work out? On what basis will it work out? Who's going to work it out? That means nothing when people say have faith. There has to be faith in God, hope in God. Why are you cast down? Oh, my soul, why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him. Praise God, I shall again praise him. Thank you, God. I want to praise you. I want to return to that joy of lifting up your name. I might not be there right now, Lord God, but that's where I want to be. That's where I want to go. My salvation and my God. I've given everything to you. My, you are my salvation. You are my God. And then Psalm 42 and 43 form a couplet. They're two psalms that go hand in hand. And you notice that when you come to the end of Psalm 43, you can tell the same theme is running from 42 into 43 because 43 answers the same question at the very end of, verse, of chapter 42. Same uh, little phrase, the end of 43, same phrase, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. Okay, so what in the world? What in the world does all this have to do with what we're talking about today? And it goes back to this little, little tiny, little tiny phrase. I guess grammatically it's a, it could be a whole, could be called a whole sentence. And it says, deep calls to deep. Honestly, that's all. It can, it can stand alone. Deep calls to deep. God is deep. And out of his depth, he calls deep. Deep calls to deep. God summoning, calling, beckoning healing he calls and that's what prayer is that's what we have to do is God calls us deep uh, I was meditating on this psalm this week and just thought about it Communion with God was the greatest 
thing experienced in the Garden of Eden and the greatest thing lost by sin and expulsion from Eden. It was very good. Six days of creation, and it was very good. I'm just reading you some notes from my quiet times. Just... There are times and places when I feel my soul instinctively knows and tastes the fragrance of God. I know it instinctively. There's times when I know it and I understand that I was made for so much more than I'm currently able to enjoy. I know that. Instinctively I know. I feel the summoning of God. He's like, I'm calling you deeper. And there's something inside of me that I recognize that in my life and I want to reciprocate and respond to that. I know it. There is more than I am currently capable or able to enjoy. And Genesis 3.8 introduces the first shocking realization that sin has cost humanity. What it costs. Genesis 3 introduces the first realization what sin has cost, what I lost in the garden, what you lost in the garden. And God is calling us back into fellowship. Deep is summoning into deep for us. And that's prayer and communion. Psalm 42, 1 and 2 is gripping. It's, it's, it's what I want and what I was made for. Yet my soul gets cast down and I want to ask why. But I know why. Because things went wrong. And I ache for verse 1 and 2. But my experience is sometimes verse 5 and 11 and 43, 5. And 42, 7 explains what my soul craves. Deep calls to deep. I often sense God calling, calling me. He calls me out of my shallowness, away from my triviality, to silence TikTok and turn away from Facebook and to unglue my brain from Instagram and to shut down the scoreboards and fantasy teams to be free from advertisement and screams and scams and cars racing and news blaring and pressures, pleasures promising. Where can I find the water to satisfy my thirsty soul? Not in shallow things. It's not up on the surface it's not on the shelves at eye level where everything is advertised not where the world is flashing and partying it's not in all the taste and smells and lights and laughter and sights God calls from deep to deep you don't deal with God with surface talk five minute prayer calls or prayers in a box lighting candles or pointing at your chest in the shape of a cross before you come up to bat no, deep calls to deep. God hates shallow, empty, hollow, cheap, dead routine, thoughtless praise. Isaiah prophesied about a nation that was shallow, shallow, a sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity. Nonetheless, a very religious nation. They were religious, but they were shallow. I know you're religious. You're here. You do church. But are you shallow or are you deep? I don't know, just showing up doesn't make you deep. Isaiah 111, and God just called him out. He says, what is this multitude of your sacrifice? You bring all these sacrifices. What is, what is your music? What are your songs? What is your tithe? What is your offering? He calls it a multitude. Many, you bring many. Trampling my courts, an abomination to me. No more vain offerings, he says. 
And he calls him. He says, stop and wash. Stop and wash. Cleanse. Deep. Requires deep cleaning. And God says, you need to cleanse. You need to cleanse deep. Let me go in with my knife. I'm the divine surgeon and the scalpel. My knife cuts not to hurt but to heal. In 118, Isaiah said, come, let us reason together. How about that? How about when God invites you into a counseling session? He says, come, let us reason together. What an invitation. In Isaiah chapter 2, 1 to 3, Isaiah saw a great day and he's projecting forward the goodness of God. And he says and describes multitudes of people coming to the mountain of the Lord and the Prince of Peace will come and shall come to pass in the latter days. And these are the latter days. These are the latter days. Did you know that we're getting closer and closer and closer to the coming of Jesus? We have to be closer than Isaiah was. Isaiah was 700 years before Jesus. We're 2,000 years after Jesus. We have to be closer. We're getting closer. So what can we do? What are we to do as we get closer? Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Well, one thing we can do to get closer, we need knowledge. We need knowledge. We need to commit ourselves to learning the things of God. In chapter Hosea 4.14, it says that people with understanding, without understanding, will come to ruin. And some people don't even care that they don't know. Some people don't know and they don't care that they don't know. They don't know about God and they don't even care that they don't know about God. They think everything's going to go along as it is. And they think, I don't need to know about God. I'm having fun. I'm having fun. I've got a retirement account. I've got a 401k Hey, the government's going to pay for everything for me. Hospital, school bills. I don't, need, I don't need to know about God, but it says people without understanding will come to ruin. You're going to ruin. You're going to perish. You're destroying yourselves if you're not pursuing knowledge of God. Without the knowledge of God, you will come to ruin. Wake up. Wake up. Deep is calling you today. Deep is calling. God is calling from deep to you, deep within your souls. God is simply saying, what are you doing What are you doing with your life? I'm offering myself to you and you're satisfied with cotton candy and jelly beans. That's all you want, cotton candy and jelly beans. You want stuff. You want this world. You want to ride around and have fun and pleasures. But deep is saying there's there's more. You're living on the surface and on the shallow, just skating along, playing. And God says this is not a game. Deep is calling In Joel chapter 2, Joel was concerned and he said, blow the trumpet. In chapter 1, he said, consecrate a fast. In chapter 2, he says, return with all your heart. And that's why we would set aside time to pray because people don't care. They just don't care. They don't care and sometimes we don't care very much. Sometimes we don't care. Sometimes we buy into the pattern. The world sets a pattern for us and we just follow it and we throw a little Jesus in every now and then. Once a week, Jesus. That's all I need. The rest of the week's mine. That's not in the book. That's not in the deal. Okay. So the Bible gives us a recipe for revival and that's what this is all about. Second Chronicles seven, fourteen. Many of you know it. I don't know that I'll say it perfectly, but I'll get close enough. If my people, who are called by my name, 
will seek my face, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. If my people who are called by my name, that would be us, right? That would be us. Humble themselves and pray. Humble. I'm not good at humility. Are you good at it? If you said yes, then you're not. Humble themselves and pray. Turn from their wicked ways. Turn from your ways. Turn. Deep calls. There's something better, something more precious, something more eternal, something far better. Seek my face. Seek your face, God. Seek your face. Where is your face? Where is your face? Where is the face of God? Where may we meet with God? Well, certainly we meet with Him at the throne of grace. And we go there and seek the face of God at the throne of grace. And we seek Him and we run to Him in prayer and we say, Oh God, will you hear my prayer? It doesn't matter where you are. He's omnipotent. He can find you. He's omnipresent. He can hear you and find you and meet with you. Cry out to God. Deep. Deep prayer. From deep within. Holy Spirit deep. Soul deep. Heart deep. A a blood-stained door is there opening the way for you. The way to deep is a blood-stained door, and the door is stained by the blood of Jesus, and it's been paid for. And he says, come up to that door and receive me. It's my blood that opens this door and come to Jesus where he died on the cross for our sins and shed his blood. And he says, come to me. The the door to deep is through a blood-stained door. And Jesus says, I am the door. I am the way. And so we come deep to God, and we go through the blood-stained door, and we recognize the stain on that door is not my blood, but it's the blood of Jesus. I don't come with my blood. My blood's polluted. My blood is dirty. My blood is tainted by all my sin. It's the perfect righteous blood of Jesus on the door of salvation. And Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. I am the door. Come through me. There is no other way. There's no other way to the Father but through me and through this blood-stained door. And so I go up to that blood-stained door and I say, I believe. I believe. And I walk through that blood-stained door and it opens the way into me and I see deep. I see deep. And I go in and I want to go in deeper and um, farther in and grow closer to God. And so that's what this is about. Deep. My spirit, soul, communing with God. Okay, so we want to go deep. Deep means not in the flesh. No more skin-deep Christianity. No more skinny Christians, but how about some fat souls? Okay. No more skinny Christians. How about some fat souls? Oh, God. May we have some fat souls. Well-fed, who eat deeply, drink deeply, sit long, wait patiently for the Lord. The Spirit does not sign up for a slot in your schedule. He wants the schedule. Deep is calling you to deep. Can anyone doubt God is deep? Children sing deep and wide. Why would God who is deep only want to take you to shallow? Why would God of the ocean only want you to play along the beach? It's going to take time. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take effort, sometimes exhausting effort to go deep. You can lick a lollipop because it's pure sugar, but the Bible is no lollipop. It's solid rock. You can't just lick the leather. You must open it and dig deep. Dig deep. Mine. Mine for God. Mine for jewels. Pant, thirst, seek, pursue, chase, run, work, enjoy, savor, celebrate. Stop making a big deal about your 
can't even read my writing. <laughs> Boasting God and the cross. Brag about that Red Sea crossing and axe heads floating and prophecies given and prophecies fulfilled. Celebrate creation in six days and the ark of salvation. Sing to God and lift up his name. Go deep. It's calling, deep is calling. And that's what this prayer time is Tuesday. It's not, we're not inviting you to a party. It's not a party. It's work. And people who are gifted, we have people, praise God, we have people that are gifted at this work in our church. We have people that have the spiritual gift of intercession and prayer. And they call, they're calling me all the time and say, we need to pray more. Where's our prayer? We'll do this. And they're just like, they are gifted in prayer and they love prayer. And they know and they see clearly that without prayer, we're nothing and they're like going, tell people to pray. Tell them about Friday morning prayer meeting at 6. We just started that recently. It's like, tell them to come. And there's someone else to say, tell them about the prayer meeting. We need to pray. We need to fast. We need to give up this so we can have more of that. We need to give up more of the stuff so we can have more of Jesus. Is deep calling you today? Jesus says, come. Draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. And that's what Tuesday and Wednesday night's all about. We just want to draw near to God and we want to plead on behalf of our nation. We want to plead for our kids. We want to plead for our schools. We want to plead for our nation. We want to beg God. We want to confess our sins. We want to go deep. We want to get that deep stuff out, that sin, that aggravating sin in our souls, agitating anger and leftover lust and all these things that we're still battling with and we have to go deep for cleansing Psalm 51 cleansing, deep, deep confession of sin before God. And then God comes and then the joy of salvation comes. And so I just want to summon you. Can I, I guess just the whole, the, the quick summary of this entire session, this, um, sermon this morning is God wants to go deeper with you. And it's going to cost you something. But friend, it cost him everything. You will, it will never cost you what it cost him. It will never be equal. You can never give equally to what God gave. Your best offerings are polluted. He gave perfect, righteous, holiness. The Father gave his son. And he calls you. And he says, consider what I've given you. Now pursue me. Deep calls to deep. Oh, Father, thank you that you want more for us than we want for ourselves. Thank you that you don't settle for shallow pleasures, but rivers of pleasure from above. God, help us when Tuesday comes. Help us to pray. Help us to pray today. Help us to pray right now. Oh, God, I thank you that you might be calling someone right now to just open their heart to you and come to that door of salvation as you stand and knock, oh God. Maybe someone here is ready to say, I receive Jesus. I thank you, God, for those people that have recently received Jesus and they want to be washed and they want to be baptized and they want to let everyone know 
that they heard someone summoning them from deep and deep. They heard the voice of God and they saw the cross of Jesus where Jesus satisfied the payment for sin and deep called unto deep. And there are people right now who are ready to swim in your grace and to celebrate washing away all their sin. Thank you for baptism. Thank you for these baptisms. And Lord God, if there's anybody here that right now wants to go deep right here, right now, open your heart to Jesus. Come in, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart. I believe in you. I receive you. I rest in you. I hope in you. Hope in God. Oh, God, you are good. Jesus' name.